I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, everyone. Mark here. I've got a little favor to ask. We're running an anonymous survey to help better match our show with potential advertisers. Yeah, no one loves advertising, but this survey is going to prevent us from running ads for knitting suppliers and stretchy pants manufacturers. The survey takes just a minute or two to fill out, and it'll really help us in our mission to make the show successful for years to come. Plus, Matt's Tacos aren't paying for themselves. Listeners who complete the survey will be entered in an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. We promise not to share your email address, and we won't send you email unless you win. Please go to podsurvey.com slash wood. That's podsurvey.com slash wood to take our survey and get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Oh, and one more thing. Since this is the last show for the year, we decided to do a little year in review. Since making videos is a large part of what we do over the course of the year, the conversation went a little far into the inside baseball territory. So let me apologize ahead of time, since I know that most of you are here to listen to woodworking talk and not podcasting talk. Uh, You've been warned. Okay, shutting up now. Let's do a show. Welcome to Wood Talk. For woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who like to use a lot of words, yet say nothing at all. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, welcome, my friends, to Wood Talk number 209 for December 15th, 2014. On today's show, we're talking about our woodworking year, kind of a look back and how we did with our goals and resolutions that we set uh, around this time in the previous year. So, we'll talk a little bit about that and a bunch more coming up. And uh, first, we should probably hear a quick word from our sponsors. Uh, You know, some tools stand apart the most when they're working all together. Explore a full system designed to deliver more precise results at FestoolUSA.com. All right, let's get into the meat, gentlemen. This is going to be a good show, kind of like our holiday sort of resolution show. And and I should mention, this will be our final show for 2014. (gasps) Yeah, we're going to take two weeks off and we'll see you again first thing in January. It's going to be a great year of Wood Talk, but this will be our last one for the year. So it's kind of off you. Is that that right? If we take two weeks off, isn't that like the Monday after Christmas? Shannon, just let it go. Don't. (laughs) 
Don't don't, don't question it. We're we're go, we're moving here, and I'm I'm just I'm just worried. Have I missed another week of shopping? Because I got to get cooking. Oh my god, you're don't, right. Don't make me come back there. All you're right. totally right. Wow, <laughs> I, told I just you. lost a week of my life. I'm panicking right now. Yes, exactly. Uh, so first up, we've got a couple things related to all this. So we'll start out with the question of: Did we accomplish our goals? Now I went back and listened to our statements about what we wanted to accomplish in this year. So we're going to see if we actually did. And uh, actually, I think we did pretty good when I look at the uh, big picture here. So first, uh, I'll start with mine. I said that I wanted to get a better balance of content uh, between the paid website and my free website. And I feel like I've gotten a little bit better, but part of my 2015 goal, we'll go into a little bit more detail on that. Uh, Let's just say I kind of get half credit for that. Uh, The other thing I wanted to do, which... Some of these, it's like if you plan on doing it, it's already planned. You're not saying, like, I hope to do this. You're already making the plans to do it. So my Blacker House chair project, I brought that up, and I had planned on going to a class at the William Eng School, and I did do that. I did build a Blacker House chair, and it now sits at my mom's house and looks beautiful because it will not go anywhere near my son. So uh, it does not, it's not going to be in my house for a long time, but I did finally do that. And that was one of my bucket list items. So for me, that was just kind of like a personal victory to finally have that chair finished and built. Uh, So I felt pretty good about that. Uh, I also wanted to focus on my shop and I mentioned specifically, I'd love to have doors and drawers on my shop furniture. And it's one of those things where it feels like that was years ago that I did that. I can't believe that actually just happened this year. Uh, so I did effectively get doors and drawers on the the shop furniture. But I mentioned doing a bunch of other things, like other cabinets that needed to be built. And anything else in the shop, that did not get done. Like, there was no <laughs> time for anything else. I got the doors and drawers done. Yay, we're done. Nothing else. So fail for me on that part. Uh, but Matt, how about you? It looks like the first one here says you were going to take steps to start teaching. You mentioned specifically a woodcraft store opportunity. Did any of that happen? Um, no, not really. Not, not teaching in the sense that I had students in front of me other than, uh, certain family members who were forced to be in the shop with me while I talked at them. (laughs) That doesn't Um, count. (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't count, unfortunately, because there was no way in the world that they were going to pay me other than, well, maybe they would have paid me to get out of the room. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, unfortunately, it was one of those things that, uh, I, I definitely had. The, the total, I, I had uh, things written down, what I wanted to do, and things just did not seem to mesh with uh, me in, in the local woodcraft store in the sense that every time I tried to talk to them about doing it, one of us simply would not get back. It, would, it wasn't them. It wasn't me. Well, it was both of us, actually. I would contact them, and we just kept missing each other, and it got to that point where it's like, you know, I've kind of moved on to other things. Mm-hmm. So it's still always a possibility. I still would really like to have the opportunity maybe to take that plunge and, and start doing a, a little bit of teaching. I've even toyed with the idea because I've seen some of the, uh, not the local wood guild, but like one of the much larger, I think it's the Southeastern uh, Michigan Woodworkers Guild or Woodworking Club. They occasionally, if I remember right, have like uh, members who teach a class in their own shop. Now, my shop obviously is way too small to do a lot of things, but maybe if I could do something like out in the garage or maybe rent a, a small, small, I don't know, warehouse or something, maybe I could have like a one day class and just play around with little things like that. These are kind of pipe dreams more or less, but teaching is still something that's on my to do list in the near future for sure, for sure. Okay. All right. Well, your second thing was to push yourself further out of your comfort zone and start using as an example, start using some new exotic wood species. 
Right. And I definitely I, I did do this for sure. Not just the wood species, because I did play with quite a few uh, different wood species. And the one thing I discovered from that was they're not as terrifying as I thought. I didn't have the allergic <laughs> reactions to them that I was convinced I was going to. If anything, probably the, the number one issue I had with just that one example of, of the wood species was learning how to finish them. You can't just apply a finish like you do with some of them domestic exotics that I work with. <laughs> um, but one thing for sure when it comes down to pushing my comfort zone, I no bones about it, was definitely afraid of the lathe. I know that's kind of funny now as I'm becoming so obsessed with it. But I was always really uncomfortable with using that tool. So for sure, I pushed myself in that direction. Another thing when I think about it is I played a little bit more with uh, um, a finishing technique in the sense that like I've never really used dies before because I didn't quite understand it, which sounds really simple, silly looking at what I've done with it because mm-hmm. it's so simple to use. But again, it was one of those things that I was extremely comfortable with just using polyurethane and calling it good. And over 2014, I definitely expanded a little bit more, got more familiar with shellac, played with um, the, uh, the the dyes, and just kind of came out of that uncomfortable zone of, I don't understand how to do this, so I'm not going to do it kind of a thing. And nice. for sure, maybe one other uh, comfort, uh, uncomfortable thing for me was the idea of coming up with a, like, quote unquote, like a premium membership thing, mm-hmm. which we got the Patreon campaign going on. And it's funny because it's one of those things like, oh, wait a minute. Now I can't just create my own schedule when I want to. People are counting on me to do this. And there's a little bit of uncomfort in that. But at the same time, it's like, this is kind of fun. <laughs> right. Totally. All right. Sounds good. Shannon, uh, you had a couple here too. contemplating a strategy for teaching in-person live classes. Because you were, you were talking about how difficult it can be, especially with hand tools, which tend to take longer, how to actually yeah. make an effective teaching right. experience. How to, get a, how to get a point across when it takes you an hour to complete whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> While people stand around, mouth breathing. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'd say so. I did teach two classes last year. Um, Matt, same thing happened to me. I don't know. I don't think it is. it is you and me. I think it's Woodcraft. Because the same thing happened with me with Woodcraft. It was like there was some voicemails that went back and forth, some emails that went back and forth, a couple dates were thrown out, nothing actually worked, and then it just kind of went away. And I'm sure that if I had pursued it more, I could have made something happen. But, uh, you know, let's be honest. They don't – it's not that they pay poorly. It's just – it's not a money-making opportunity, put it that way. Right. So it's not something that, you know – budgeting the time would have really been terribly worth my while. Maybe it's different than other, other woodcrafts, but locally it, it would have been, you know, buy my wife and I a nice dinner basically. <laughs> so right. it wasn't really worth putting a bunch of time into it, but I got to say, um, it's a highlight of my year teaching, teaching a class face to face like that. I learned a lot, um, learned a lot about how I teach. I learned a lot about how people learn, how people process woodworking and how, Everyone does it a little bit differently. And I know that that was easily the most rewarding thing I've done in a long time. Nice. So I'm I'm really jazzed about it. I've got a couple of things in the works for next year. Nothing is firm yet. Um, I actually hope to get back down to, to Texas to teach at Sean's school because he relocated. His Indiegogo campaign was successful. He's now in Austin, and Austin's a cool town. So I'm hoping that uh, Sean will have me back. But there's a couple others. Um, there's certainly been 
interest expressed from from listeners uh, and readers and watchers or whatever you call our audience about Sounds coming to one area or another. And, you know, my response was, well, if you can get enough people, sure. And I've gotten responses back saying, well, I've got eight guys. How is that enough? So I think I'm going to going to do that. Um, I just kind of have to see how the budgeting goes, which mm-hmm. leads me into the next point. Um, I don't know, Mark, if you want to lead this in, but I had talked about um, putting together like a wood trek style video for right. my travels because I, I did have travels that went on and uh, it just didn't happen. It just, it, it, there was no way the time was going to happen. And and this leads me back to teaching this year. And it is a major time commitment because you think about, well, you know, say the woodworking, the class itself is three days. Well, you got to add a day on either side of that for travel, sometimes more because there's some prep work that has to be done. Like I showed up early the day before class in, in Texas just to get, you know, some of the milling, some of just rough cutting of lumber so that we weren't doing all that in class. So it, it eats up time really quickly. And, um, whether people realize it or not, I have this other full-time job. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not only do I have a full-time job, I am the director of marketing and the director, that department consists of me. <laughs> so if, if the army of one is not there, there's no one doing what needs to be done. Right. And, uh, it, uh, th- there was just no way. I'm kind of glad the woodcraft thing didn't work out because there was just no way I was going to be able to get any more time away from the, the paying salary job that goes on at the lumber yard. So I have to really take that into account. Um, whether or not I, if I do teach this year, I got to be pretty conservative about it and pick and choose where I go. That's a very demanding job at uh, Stinky McNoodle Duncanheimer. <laughs> Stinky McNoodle Duncan. <laughs> That's a new one. I like that. That's my favorite. I'm going to change the website tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. I want to see that logo. That's going to look good. I'm going to buy the domain name right now, so you're going to have to talk to me. Now, the last one, I know you definitely did this one in spades. I remember following your progress all year long uh, was the shop renovation. So that's yes. a big one. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is funny because last year you said, well, I finished my shop reno, so now I want to focus on kind of refining it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I I did my shop renovation, and this year I want to focus on refining it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was it was a, it was a total facelift, um, and some of it still needs to be done, but I think more than, than the facelift kind of aesthetic part of it was a, a real close look at how I work. And what do I really need in the shop? So there was a, a lot of scaling back. And this is even more than me getting rid of power tools like I did several years ago. This is, do I even need that cabinet full of those screws and things? How yeah. often do I even use those screws? How often do I need to have, you know, a bunch of these things floating around? Um, I, I reorganized my finishing cabinet and actually got rid of a lot of stuff that frankly had expired years ago <laughs> that just got pushed back to the back of the cabinet. Solid and cans now, of finish. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. you know, all that ancillary It's always stuff, fun. You the, keep it around and you, you pick it up and you go, wait a minute, this isn't liquid anymore. <laughs> right. Why isn't this jostling? This doesn't jiggle in my hand. It's right. more of a brick. Um, so that freed up a lot of space in that cabinet. And now I've got space to put like all the little turning project hardware, pin kit hardware, um, sandpaper, glue, uh, glue brushes, all that stuff went into that cabinet. And suddenly I had all this extra space. And then it started getting me thinking about what do I really need to have kind of in the shop, you know, even tool wise, I only use that tool for this very specific operation. So could I just put it in like a Rubbermaid container and put it in our storage under the, under the basement stairs. And it's really freed up a lot of space 
in the shop. And now I'm kind of in the phase where I'm trying to figure out what do I bring back in? What, what should live here yeah. full time and what can just be in a box somewhere that I pull out, you know, that one time I need it in 2015. So it's, it's been very cathartic, but there's still, I think a fair amount of, of kind of creature comfort stuff that I want to add in. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, is with the clean, like pretty plywood walls, I'm so hesitant. Like just last night I put up a hanger to hang a couple draw knives and it was like, you know, it was painful. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like when you pull that like cellophane wrapper off the brand new Mac, you know, and it's all shiny <laughs> right. underneath. And you're like, it's never oh, going to look better gonna be than this it clean ever again. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. So let's go into a little project recap uh, over the course of the year. Based on what we do, we build a lot of projects. Well, a lot that might be relative. Um, <laughs> so for me, uh, this was the year of chairs, really. Uh, I did the Blacker House chair, as I mentioned before, and we built a Morris chair in the guild and two pretty substantial chairs. I'm glad to have those under my belt. Uh, did a lot of project that projects that were related to my son. So toys and kid-specific projects, which I think are inevitable when, when a woodworker has a child. Uh, so I totaled them up. I did about 13 projects this year, which is, uh, I've done I've done more than that, but a lot of them were smaller, lighter-duty ones, uh, but a total of 13 for me. Um, so how did you guys stack up this year? I don't Not think I came that close. For sure, the, the first half of my year was consumed by wrapping up the platform bed for Aiden. Uh, you know, that only took, what, 18 months to uh, just get the, <laughs> the first half of it done. Yeah. And then there was the bathroom cabinet uh, that I ended up building for a, an old neighbor. But the, a lot of the rest of the year uh, included a lot of small miscellaneous kind of like scrap wood size projects there was like uh photo clipboards that samantha wanted there was uh bottle openers lots of bottle openers apparently apparently i've got a bottle opener issue <laughs> um and then that's when i started kind of moving into some of the the, the turn projects so i don't think i came up with 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 13 like i said the majority of the year was consumed with those first couple of projects but nice. i think I, I knocked out a lot more than i normally do well and again you guys have day jobs so it's going to be a different situation <laughs> you have less <laughs> you have less uh, shop time than i do uh shannon did you get a project done this year i did nice this this was the year of actually <laughs> completing stuff cool um, but did you finish it did that's what's exciting i did well <laughs> See, all right. Well, let's let's be honest. For every project I finished, did I leave one unfinished? <laughs> or was it just the projects that you finished were actually ones from the previous couple of years? You're just getting caught up. Oh, no question. They were. Yeah. <laughs> um, the um, Let's see. I, I built the dining table, and that is built, but it does not have finish applied to it. That's the one that I left up in Maine and will right. finish this summer. But it is finished. It's just not finished. That makes Got sense. You. That counts. Um, I built a shaker pedestal table and actually applied finish to that. Um, I built a pencil post bed and that has finish on it. Um, I remodeled my shop and that came pre-finished. So that was score right there. (laughs) Um, And then I actually finished a bunch of stuff. Like I finished construction and applied the finish to the tool cabinet that I built back in 2011. (laughs) Um, There was a little two drawer table that video will be out on that. Hopefully before the end of the year that I started building like four years ago and it got moved out of the shop to make space for other stuff in the hand tool school and kind of got forgotten about until we were uh, cleaning out a storage area. And I said, Hey, look, there's a drawer table in there. <laughs> um, that actually got finished, put on it. Um, I applied finish to the continuous arm Windsor chair that I built at the Woodwright school. Um, that has been again, completed. And you know, you know how this goes. You've got stuff that put it this way. I've got projects that I was being paid to produce for the hand tool school and projects that were, 
were kind of my own personal things, they got pushed off. So um, I, I, when we started this conversation, I was actually kind of down in the dumps because I was thinking, man, this was just a failure of a year. I don't know whether I was just lazy, not feeling it, needed some time off or what, but I had started adding up the projects, um, adding up like the videos produced and blog posts produced. And um, I did all right. It's a good year. I averaged a video every other week. I did um well actually I'll be more by the end of the year. I should have about twenty eight videos total for on the free site, that is. Um ninety six blog posts. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I had a lot to say this year, apparently. So, <laughs> you know, I this is in the and the the point of this is is it's worthwhile, I think, every woodworker doing this because if you feel like, man, I just didn't get anything done this year, when you actually sit down and and, and look at what you did. Um, you know, I'm not including the lathe projects because last year was the year of the lathe, right? I yeah, built all those lathes. Yep. I made a lot of stuff this year on the lathes that I built, which I thought was very rewarding. It was very cool to turn bowls on things on a machine that I actually built myself. I made a lot of um, practice spindles and chair legs and just did a lot of turning in general. So that was it was a good year. Sure. Can't can't complain. Sounds good. All right. So how about some unexpected developments or even blunders, things that happened in 2014 that you did not anticipate? For me, I honestly didn't anticipate reaching our woodworkers fighting cancer goal. We upped it from 10,000 to 15,000 this year and we exceeded that goal. So we actually got like $15,600 or something like that in 300 That's and- in- that's that's insane. I mean, congratulations yeah. on that. <laughs> so but you know, cool. it's amazing that everybody came together on this. This again just proves what an awesome community that we have. I mean, yeah, that's mind boggling. I know when you first were announced, like fifteen thousand. For sure, I think you were even like, I think we might be over. That was Nicole's idea. I'm like, are you sure you want to go that high? Can't we just like be happy with ten? Uh, what was yeah. the total number of toy chests built? Do you know, three hundred and forty. Okay. Oh my God. Right. Every time I look on Facebook, somebody's like, I got another one done. I'm like, my God. Yeah. And it's not, we're not talking about just a little child's toy here. This was a a piece of furniture. And I was, I was really just humbled by the whole experience. So $15,000, we're really, really stoked about that. Uh, So that was a big deal for me. And the other thing was TWW Live was something that started this year and was not even in the conversations happening prior to to 2014. So it was a kind of a spur of the moment decision to try something new and it's worked pretty well. So we're going to continue that for 2015, Uh, but definitely was not part of the original plan for the year, but something that came out of it that I think we're pretty happy with. That's I awesome. continue to hate you for the bandwidth you get in your shop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I continue to hate my bandwidth bill. <laughs> the, the, this will be the year that I think my live events die because I'm so tired of dealing with technical issues and, and putting out just crappy quality product because of those issues. So. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky thing. It's a tricky balance for sure. Um, Matt, how about you? Anything? Well, I think the biggest thing for me, uh, I, w- I don't know if I would call it a blunder. It definitely was something that, that really set me back. Believe it or not, a, a big part of the reason why I had so many issues with finishing up the platform bed and then especially the bathroom cabinet was because of that thing that we had, the the Arctic vector polar vortexy thingy. Uh, yes. Really, really screwed me up in the sense that all my finishing is, during the winter is done out in the garage. Actually, during the summer, it's done out in the garage, too. It was so cold that even with space heaters and everything else, I could not bring the temperature up to even near the minimum requirements for finishing any finishing. Mm-hmm. So it really, really set me back. And unfortunately, that meant then that the projects I was working on had to sit in the shop and take up space. So it was hard for me to kind of move on to things. So I know some people are like, 
oh, that's just an excuse. Yeah, and, and it's a good one, too. <laughs> it is. It's the truth. <laughs> and, and, so. and when it's four degrees outside, you don't need a lot of excuses. No, yeah, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm already worried about frostbite from my fingers, you know, being exposed to anything that I'm trying to hold without gloves on. So, so <laughs> that was definitely a, a, a big one. And I'm going to put that in, in the blunders in the sense that um, I should have maybe insulated the garage. Oh, wait, the in- garage is insulated. So, no. Uh-huh. That, but that, that's what big one that threw me back. But an unexpected development was for the longest time, and this kind of goes along with that whole teaching thing and kind of moving myself outside of my comfort zone. Uh, towards the end of the year here, I decided to go ahead and just pull the pull the switch and run with the whole Patreon campaign. And I've been very, very excited with it. I've got some amazing patrons that are are, are taking care of me. I mean, we could definitely keep on growing this. There's so many things that we could be doing with it. But it's one of those things where for the longest time, people have been asking for some form of premium content in one way or the other. And there's that nagging voice in the back of my head that is 100% me saying, you're not worth it. You can't do it. And this time <laughs> I said, shut up, buddy. You're not going to tell me what to do. So I did it. And I've I've... I'm blown away by the response and I'm having a ton of fun with it. Nice. Very good. Well, congratulations with that, man. That's awesome. Thank you. And Shannon, how about you? Well, it should be noted. And that's one of the cool things about Patreon is it's still happening. You know, I think Matt's been afraid to kind of keep pimping the thing, Mm -hmm. but it's still going. (laughs) It's not too late. Yeah. It's a patreon.com slash Matt's basement workshop, right? That's the one. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. So if Matt stops pimping it, we will. We'll just keep pimping it. Blame us. Blame us. It's not Matt. Yeah. Um, this was, like I, I said a minute ago, this felt like a year that just didn't go as planned. I mean, it definitely had some high points, but honestly, the the biggest thing was I have just been slammed at the other job. Um, you know, coming to grips with the fact that I am the only person doing the marketing and the bigger and bigger the site gets and the more content that has to go out and that there's only one person doing it all. And, you know, there's been more than a few 70, 80 hour weeks that just have sucked up my time. You know, my shop time on the weekend is spent doing stuff for uh, the lumber company, which, you know, I'm I'm fortunate that I do enjoy both jobs that I do, but it really, uh, it, it, it killed a lot of shop time. And on top of that, um, the unexpected development for the, for me this year was I kind of went back to school on a lot of stuff. I went back to school on video editing uh, learned a lot about programming and website development and kind of, you know, with, with great knowledge comes great responsibility. My paraphrase of Stan Lee there. Um, I have gotten a little bit more OCD with the videos that I produce, uh, how I edit them. Uh, I feel like the, the standard bar has been raised all over the place um, on both how my website looks, how the website at, at the Mac, uh, McStinky, whatever you call it, Dinkle, Mark? Dinkelstein, Mc... Urkel, Fairchild. <laughs> Urkel, Fairchild. I love that it changes every time. Um, <laughs> Sounds the same to me every single that, time. <laughs> all of that stuff has slowed me down as far as producing things because uh, you know I'm spending more time on kind of polishing it. And it's not really a bad thing, but it's definitely, we all are prone to a little bit of that OCD and it's definitely prevented me from from publishing stuff from moving on to the next project because you're obsessing over that one little extra detail. Sure. What it just comes down to is poor planning. Um, you know, really, I think I've got to be with balancing, you know, a, a crazy busy day job and frankly, crazy busy night job. I mean, the hand tool school has grown well beyond my wildest dreams. The, the Renaissance woodworker I've gained 
so many viewers and subscribers and email list subscribers over the last year, probably more this past year than in any other year. And, um, yeah, I just think that comes from, from exposure, you know, that inertia from a larger number getting larger and larger. And, uh, it's just been tough to stay on top of it. So I've just, I've got to plan a lot better in the coming year to, to make sure that I don't, uh, get behind that eight ball. Cool. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, the coming year, what are our goals for 2015? And these are the ones we'll look back to next year and say, Hey, did we actually hit those? And, uh, let's see, what do I have here? I wrote this down cause I wouldn't remember. Uh, well, first of all, in May, we're going to be building the sculpted rocker. That's just another bucket list chair item. And I'm kind of going at it on, on my own. And I've got the Charles Brock plan and his measured drawings to work from, but I don't have someone over my shoulder, you know, which is something that for these really complex chair projects, it's really nice to have that, but I won't have the luxury of doing it that way. So I, I have to be the person looking over the shoulder of folks who are buying the project. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting experience as I, as I lead and, and try not to make a fool out of myself. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe by next year I'll know whether or not I made a fool out of myself. Uh, the, oh, we'll let you know. Yes, yeah, please. Say, we'll tell you. Please do. Uh, the other thing is I, I feel like it's time for us to kind of go back to our roots a little bit when it comes to the site that the free site content that we produce and, and you know, the pendulum is constantly swinging one way and the other. And I think this past year, the pendulum swung a little bit too far into the direction of simpler projects and faster paced videos. And I know that's kind of the way the internet is going. That's what people are doing. That's how you get more views on YouTube. And bottom line is that's how you make more money. And I'm not comfortable with that. And I really want to get back to focusing on bigger projects. And, and in fact, I've got a number of projects in the house that need to be done. Nicole has been bugging me to build our bed, and it's going to be sort of a platform bed with storage. There are things for my son that need to be built, and we're talking full-size furniture. And just because of the way things have gone online, there's been this pressure to make things as fast as possible, as simple as possible, and with the most approachable tools possible. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that doesn't feel like it's the right move for me. And I really want to get back to my roots. And my roots are covering projects in detail for woodworkers. And if you don't like it, and if you think I talk too much, then you're probably not the proper like audience for this particular video. And I'm, so, I'm so glad to hear. Sorry, I know you got a little bit more to go there. I'm sure, so glad sure. to hear that you're saying because this is something that I really honestly have been wrestling with. And it's I've had the I'm at the point where I've almost kind of like considered stop making some videos just because of the fact that I'm so tired of the fact that there's things I want to explain why I'm doing this and yeah, what an yeah. option would be to do it. But there's that, those voices that you just know are going <laughs> to nail you one way or the other. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I've been doing this for how long have we been doing this? Right. And it's one of those things that we, we've got, we have the most amazing audience and it's time to stop listening to the minority telling us how we need to, to do the videos and what we need to do with it and, and listen to the silent majority that are saying, I like it. Keep it going. Well, I think part of the problem is, is I don't even think it's a silent majority. I think the noisy, uh, the noisy crowd actually is the majority, mm -hmm. but it's a majority. It's, it's the greater populace of people who want to get into building stuff and may only be at that sort of cursory level. You know, they're not going to buy a whole bunch of tools. They're not going to spend a bunch of money on high quality hardwoods. So it's a matter of deciding whether, you know, who do I want to talk to? 
And I think there's nothing, again, nothing wrong with talking to any part of this audience, but you really need to pick who you want to have that woodworking discussion with. And there's there, you just kind of have to pick it and go. So I, I think what comes out of this is we all become better at video editing. We all become better at giving, getting a message across in a more concise format so that maybe the, the end result here is a happy medium, not quite as talky and lengthy as the old videos, but packed with just as much information, but edited in a way that's a little bit more approachable for the average person who may have a a cursory level interest in what, what we're showing them. Uh, But ultimately not skimping on the content and not speeding through it because guess what? You know what? Life's too short to be in that much of a rush. Maybe that's counterintuitive, but um, if you're going to do woodworking, maybe, I don't know. I just think it's worth taking the time to sit and learn and discuss these things at length. Well, think about how many, how many people are are doing, how many people in our audience, how many of our friends that the, the woodworking is, this is your relaxation. This is what you do to enjoy yeah. yourself. You know, sure, you might watch sports. Sure, you might go out with friends and everything else. But woodworking is like your zen. Yep. And, and, if, and if, if we're coming across, I know myself, I've had definitely have had moments when I'm watching a video. I'm like, dude, I look completely like stressed out trying to like get this one thing out the right way or, or to do it in such a compressed manner. And again, that's not kind of like what you're saying. It's not a matter of like now I'm going to start like, you know, blabbering on and on and on and on like people, you know, have accused of, of, of with our older content. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely one of those things that. I know who I want to talk to. I know what I want to explain to them. And I will make sure that I get this across to you in a way that doesn't make me sound like I'm on my eighth tangent for this one video. <laughs> yeah. And, and let me just say this right now. I have to apologize. I realize this is inside baseball talk. So we will try to tighten this up and get to the end of the show um, because I know for the average person who's listening, they probably don't care this much about this type of stuff. So you know. get ready for this. This is going to be the new format, people. Yeah. Lots of inside just, stuff. Just talking about making video. I was just going to say, um, I got started in, in podcasting after both of you guys, and I got started in podcasting in large part because of you guys. Yeah. And Mark, that was your finest hour. I mean, that, um, that little side table you made, what was my finest um, hour? (laughs) Hold on. Let me look it up. It was a two 30 on a Tuesday. (laughs) I thought it was this morning. Um, when I was clean, when I was cleaning up pee from the floor, but I was just thinking back to like, you know, pre wood whisper episode 50 you know you had several multi-part videos and then later on you did that little side table with the sculpted legs and like the floating top right Um, and they were multi-part videos that were really in depth and and took you through everything from the design process to every you know every aspect of it and you know i don't think that each one of those videos is probably more than 20 minutes no about that i would say 20 20, it it could be totally wrong 20 to 25 it was it was high quality content, and that's what got this this whole thing started. Right, not just the Wood Whisperer and Matt's Basement Workshop, but many other sites that spun out of that. This is what what we're going for. Yep. Um, and I think all three of us, um, more than just the three of us, have probably gotten away from that, and that's frankly what's fun, you know. Well, uh, here's the thing, these though. Projects. What did that become? That's the guild, and that yeah. you know what I mean, because that is. it's a very marketable product because the people who really are interested in that generally are willing to pay for good quality information. And now that's the basis of my business. But at the same time, when I do build a project for the free site, I want to get back to that. I want to make sure I cover maybe not. I mean, the editing style may be done in a slightly different way to make it more general purpose approachable. 
But ultimately, I still want to go back to those days of giving lots more detail on larger projects that deserve multiple episodes. They get multiple episodes. And you know what's making this a lot easier is uh, basically I read YouTube comments for the first 24 hours of a video post and then I don't go back. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so I have you, followed along with you on that. It makes you it brought so up a easier. point earlier that I think is especially salient is using the tools that you want to use, yeah. you know, we have, and, and I think it's, it's good. It's been good that we've kind of, uh, taken a look at the newbie and said, you know, could they be daunted? Could they be intimidated by all these tools? Well, now it's time to go back and say, you know what, I'm not going to do any more videos about how do you do this if you don't have a workbench? Cause you know what? I have a really nice workbench and I built it myself. And if you want to know how I built it, there's a video series on it. So yeah. go watch that. Right. Um, you'd said this on Facebook the other day, Mark, about, uh, do I want to use the multi-router in an yeah, upcoming yeah, build? Right. And, and I think the response was, hell yeah, that would be cool to see, you know, no, I'm never going to buy one. Won't be able to afford to buy one, but how cool would that be to see it done? And I feel like everybody, not just the three of us is, you know, you've got those tools that you kind of, you know, keep in the back of the tool cabinet and maybe mm-hmm. you don't use it because, you know, no one's going to be able to buy that or, or whatever. And, you know, I feel very fortunate. I have some very nice tools. It's taken me many years to get these very nice tools, but I'm going to use them, damn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's tough. It's tough. And the reason that went over so well was because that's the private guild group. It's a yeah. different It's a different group. It's a filtered group of people. If I asked that same question on my open Facebook page, ooh, big difference. Like, that would be a major difference in the response. Um, and it's just a matter of us under... And I, I guess ultimately the message here that we're trying to get across if you're listening and you're bored to tears is that we do think a lot about the type of content we put out there. It's just not willy-nilly. It's not thrown out there to just please sponsors like some people assume it is. Um, We think a lot about this content and try to make changes that are better for you and try to teach you better. So uh, again, you'll have to give us a little slack here with this inside baseball talk. So let's, let's move on, Matt. I'm done with mine. Matt, uh, uh, goals for 2015. Yeah, I wanted to continue talking about the. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, the big thing for I want me. Want to talk about sponsors like Harry's.com and FrontalUSA.com. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the big thing for me, I think, is going to be a continuation of using the lathe. Now I'm starting to become more comfortable with it. I do find myself looking at a lot of uh, of projects and thinking, I need to try that. I need to do this. I want to do this because now I have yet one more aspect of something I can add into any of my projects, you know, whether it's a matter of just turning like drawer poles or maybe something like a, a, a finial for the top of a bedpost or something, whatever. It, it's a neat opportunity. And one fun thing is I actually have a friend that works on the North Country Trail. He's the guy that goes out and when there's a storm and trees are down, he comes in with the, uh, the chainsaws and cleans those out. So I've got a great source for like bowl blanks and everything. And it's just, it's one of those things that once I get to that point that I want to start doing some bull turning and some green turning and everything, uh, he is definitely on my list of people to suddenly go, hey, you want to go get a beer? Oh, by the way, can you bring your truck full of uh, blanks? Let's do that. <laughs> nice. So that cool. is one thing that for sure. I also, again, kind of one of those things where it talked about like unexpected things from the year, the whole thing with Patreon. I do want to kind of keep playing with, I've got some ideas, some so maybe other ideas just to play with for for patrons or maybe to bring patrons in uh so it's something i'm playing with and maybe even who knows it might get to the point where i decide to spin this off and again kind of go for that premium content where maybe i'll create uh you know something that i can offer to everybody because there's a lot of there's there are some limitations with patreon and i'm already kind of 
running into them a little bit. So before I get too far into it, it's I, I need to figure out what's going to be best for potential audience and how could I bring more people in without them suddenly feeling like I'm constantly in their wallet. So mm-hmm. that's one, one definitely one thing. And then the last thing that I really want to do is I'm going to follow your guys' lead and I do need to do some shop improvements for uh, the way that I have storage and everything because just like you, Shannon, we're definitely in a, a small foot a footprint and so you really have to optimize the space that you have and there are definitely things that I am tripping over myself and this may include getting rid of some tools that are, are somewhere in the back that people are like you never use that I know wouldn't it be great to have that space <laughs> there you go <laughs> so it's it's definitely something that I need to it's on my list it's been on my list for a long time but now I'm at that point where it's like I need to do something about it nice cool what about you Shannon I, um, I want to play with modern design, um, get into, uh, 20th century and later type furniture. I've been researching it and playing around with it and anxiously awaiting the reopening of the, uh, Renwick gallery down in DC where all the cool studio furniture is. It's been closed for almost two years now for quote renovation. Actually, I don't think it opens till 2016, so I won't be revisiting that anytime soon. But there's some really cool stuff out there from really modern line chairs to a lot of, um, uh, the, the, I guess we call it Asian-inspired style floating tabletops. And it's just some really cool stuff out there from you know 1950s on. And that even includes like mid-century modern type stuff. And obviously, a lot of that has become very much back in vogue. And um, there's just there's a bunch of projects that I want to play with. Some of that's going to involve some veneer. A lot of it's going to involve you know a lack of straight lines and square lines and things like that. Um, definitely more advanced projects, but I don't think I don't think they have to be more advanced. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we've talked about this before. It, it's all just a matter of breaking it down into steps. And if you can break it down to, you know, a fine enough level, you'll see that it's, it's the same thing. It just, you know, some of the variables have changed. So I, I definitely want to play around with that and more. It's a big departure for me because I've very much been in more of the traditional styles from 18th century to shaker style. Sure. Um, even, even arts and crafts. But when I have done arts and crafts, it's been very traditional arts and crafts. So, um, playing with that and and you know i say arts and crafts there's a lot of 20th century arts and crafts is 20th century um but there's a lot of really cool kind of we'll call it avant-garde style arts and crafts you know green and green would be one of it but you look at like barnsley and mackintosh um even Wright, frank lloyd Wright. there's some really cool stuff that spun out of that and cool inspiration that can come from it and um you know it'll be a a move for me because it's going to involve a lot of design work stuff just coming out of my own head um yeah to be to be on yeah i know you squishy <laughs> watch out um, what that was i didn't want to say anything <laughs> to be perfectly honest a lot of this stuff is probably going to end up in the hand tool school um because it's going to be just stuff that i don't think i could do in a more vanilla format mm-hmm. um stripped down format if i want to do it right and this is this is more for like my own benefit. You know, if I'm going to research and go into a different direction, I really want to do it. And I don't know that, um, well, to be perfectly honest, it, it, it's tough to do unless, you know, the, the, the income is there. So that will probably end up there. But as usual, stuff I'm building on the hand tool school ends up spilling over onto the free site, whether it ends up being a different project or, you know, other stuff along the way. But speaking of that site, 
I have just in the last year, because I've done some in-person teaching and I mentioned earlier, learned a lot about how people kind of process information. I want to make some additions and some changes to what is on the site now, not talking about site design or anything, but just how um, a lot of the information is, is organized and augment some of these kind of introductory videos. I've got several that I've done that kind of get people started in hand planes and get people started in hand saws, but change the format a little to be a highly indexable, highly referenceable kind of encyclopedia of getting started pipe projects getting started type techniques. Um, it's going to mean that I'll probably end up remaking, not really remaking because I'm not going to take it down, but uh, rehash a video I've done before and do it in uh, a format that if I'm a new woodworker and I'm looking for an answer to something, I don't have to sit through a bunch of fluff in order to get to the answer. Um, yeah. I've made some changes on the hand tool school site for the projects that are going up now that kind of think about like those old choose your own adventure books where you've got a row that you can take at the end of the page and it determines what page you turn to. Now translate that into a video project. And if I'm a woodworker looking to try to understand hand saws, I don't know any hand saws, where do I go first? Imagine a series of videos that are interlinked together and would guide a person through choosing the right saw for their work. And it's a, it's a technological change in how the videos are organized and the interlinking between them all. But I think it could be really exciting and a really cool resource for somebody who's just getting started. Um, the cool. content's there on my site and other sites. It's there. It's just too hard to find through all the noise. It's the plague of all these blogs. I mean, everybody's got the same problem is organizing the information in a way that's easy to find and, and makes sense. Right. Well, in, in, from a production standpoint, you know, we feel like there needs to be an intro and an outro and the whole talking head segment at the beginning, kind of doing away with that because you do it at the outset of the series making air quotes there for the people at home. Um, this, this, you know, each video has got that little intro and outro. Well, if you do that intro and outro at the beginning and the end of the series and the rest of this stuff is kind of chapters within that series and you choose the, the flow chart kind of path you take, it could be a really, really fascinating um, tool. Sure. And, and, and this is what I realized when I started teaching in person is the, the tangents that we invertedly um, inevitably go off onto when you're standing in a room by yourself talking to a lens, um, those get kind of corralled when you've got a student who's asking a very specific question and you got to trim away all that other crap and just answer that question. So if that student is now in front of Google or whatever on my site, um, trying to ask that question, how would they find it quickly? And the answer is right now, there is no way to find it quickly. You know, you might get lucky if you ask a specific enough question that I happen to do a video on, you know, using a stair saw, then I've got a video on a stair saw, but how often does that happen? You right. know, so it, it's, it's something that I'm really excited about and I'm still trying to figure out what it's going to look like and how much work that's going to mean. Um, so for me, I think of probably on the free site will be less about individual projects and more about kind of rehashing and reorganizing the technique videos. Um, cool. So yeah, that I'm, sounds good. I'm psyched about that. Sounds like a lot of work. Yes, it does, doesn't it? All right. So I'm daunted already. <laughs> you should be. Uh, all right. So that's really about it for us. And we're going to close off the year with this show. I wish it was a little more focused on woodworking. And I apologize again for that. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we're all in the same sort of uh, business here. And, and sometimes we like to talk business. My apologies. 
Uh, and on top of it, you get to pass judgment on us whether we actually follow through on anything that we talk about. <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah, that's that's a classic. And um, to be fair, we it's not like we don't get emails of people asking stuff like this. Oh, we do. But this know? is the love-hate episode. This People will either yeah. love it or they will hate it. There's no in-between. You either are interested or you're just not interested, and hopefully they tuned out by now. Uh, so we'll see you next year, people. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, next year we're going to start off in January once again uh, with the weekly show. We're going to try to get better at being consistent with our live broadcasts that we uh, normally do at the time, uh, which is usually, what, 6 p.m. Eastern is our recording Wait. time. We have a live broadcast? Well, we, normally we try to, oh, yes. uh, but we're not very consistent with it. And I know that's a problem. So I apologize for that as well. This is uh, the apology show, apparently. <laughs> uh, but well, yeah, the problem is the interns haven't been following through on the assignments we gave Stupid them. So we're interns. looking for new ones. Yeah. Well, anyway, this is before the holidays. So uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. And this is where I screw up all the different holidays that are available. But happy holidays to everybody. Very generic. Happy, happy time off. <laughs> happy time off. I hope you get a lot of woodworking done. And uh, you stay safe in the shop. And Matt, how about you give them a little contact info and we can get out of here. All right. Hey, folks, if you have a comment, question, suggestion, there are several different ways that you can contact us. You can send us an email at kickback at woodtalkonline. Hold on. Wait, I got to the end of it. I didn't have it up. Comments, questions, topics, suggestions. If you want to yell at me for getting it all wrong, there's several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is woodtalkonline. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. So the email threw me off because we had a big change this year with that one. Uh, Email us at kickback at at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on our Woodtalk Facebook page. And if you're ever looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, You'll find those at woodtalkshow.com. And in case you want to go through all those archives of the things we're talking about, don't forget, Mark is over at thewoodwhisperer.com, Shannon at renaissancewoodworker.com, and I, Matt, am over at mattsbasementworkshop.com. Very good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. It was a great 2014. We appreciate you taking the time to download the show and stream it or however you listen to it. Uh, We're glad to have your earballs listening to our voices. And hopefully you'll be back again next year. Yes. Hopefully. Right. Yes, you will be. You don't have a choice. You better be. You better be. It's better. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next year. See ya. Kalikimaka, yo. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there. 